Hey friends, hopefully you're well wherever you find this today. My name is Drew, and over the next number of weeks, we're going to be dropping a midweek podcast talking about the ancient spiritual discipline of fasting. For many of you are listening to this today, and today is actually the beginning of Lent, a 40-day season and a 40-day journey towards Easter. And throughout Lent, many people abstain and uh, do a number of things, give up a number of things over this season. And we thought it would be a great opportunity, and I in particular particular thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about fasting a little bit, because my whole paradigm around this whole discipline has changed over the last number of years. I don't know about you, I kind of grew up around flannel board Christianity, which I'm super, super appreciative of. I'm thankful for my upbringing and my history as a Christian and follower of Jesus. One of the things growing up, though, is I typically had fashioned and formed an idea of fasting as something that was transactional. My view of fasting is that I would abstain from certain things to get certain things from God. Now, I, I want to say that's not all wrong. There's not, that's not all of that isn't wrong. And certainly I've grown in this over the last little while. I want to say that I'm thankful, actually, for some of the things I learned in contending for things as the church. But again, my paradigm has changed a little bit, and part of that is actually stemmed out of a history of what fasting actually is. Um, For me, again, it was kind of like the beginning of the year. Oftentimes, the churches that I've been a part of would fast and pray for God to move. And again, all of us want God to move and work and have his way. But I've actually gone deeper in this practice and learned some things. So the hope over the next bunch of weeks is just to share a little bit of a history around what fasting is and how some of the early Jesus followers practiced it. And then especially over the next number of weeks, we'll look at why, why on earth in a culture right now where we have immediate access to food and water, why would we abstain and give up food and water at certain periods of time when we have everything at our fingertips? I mean, I think this is actually a big question that a lot of people ask. Why would you do such a thing when we live in a culture and right now in the West in a world of plenty? I think the best place to start is to actually ask the question, what is fasting? Because I have heard and run into some people even during this preparation and season of Lent, and they are saying that they're fasting social media or they're fasting hockey, watching hockey. I had a friend a few years ago do this for Lent. Um, And there's simple things that people uh, fast, TV and, and Netflix and media and things like that. And while all of that is great, Um, One of the things I think we need to wrap our minds around is just what truly fasting is. I would give one recommended reading. I mean, there's a number of quality, there's a number of quality books around fasting, but the one that I have found most helpful is a book titled Fasting by a guy named Dr. Scott McKnight. I read this book a few years ago and it has completely kind of changed my mind and drawn me now into a life where I practice fasting once a week. Now, listen, I know Jesus says not to stand on the street corners and tell people that you fast, but for illustration's sake, first of all, I don't think you care. And secondly, um, this is just something that I have just kind of stumbled into and uh, for illustration's sake, I hope that's okay. But when we talk about giving up and abstaining from social media or whatever it is, McKnight would say that that is actually a little bit different than fasting, that there's actually a difference between fasting and abstaining. What is fasting? 
Well, fasting is simply this. McKnight says that fasting is refraining from food or water for a designated period of time. It's as simple as that. Fasting is refraining from food or water for a designated period of time. So historically, in Rome, there was something known as the Lenten fast. Again, I've already said it 40 days before Easter. Leading into Easter, that was the Lenten season. And in Rome, it was for three weeks where only one meal was permitted per day. And Christians were actually not permitted to eat fish or white meats during this time and ultimately it ended on the great sabbath which is easter now that historical kind of position and what we get from that is that fasting definitely surrounded itself around food and water the abstinence of food and water during certain periods of time Uh, scott mcknight he goes on and says this fasting is choosing not to indulge in food and substance The biblical sense of fasting normally involved not eating anything from sunup to sundown, so 12 hours, or perhaps from sundown to sundown, 24 hours. Absolute fasts involve denying the body food and water. Rarely, he says, does a fast in the Bible extend beyond 12 hours, though sometimes it does. Now that quote alone that I pulled from McKnight's book totally began to kind of mess with me. Because I always understood fasting as longer periods of time. Maybe some of you guys in the evangelical church hear this often, 21 days or 21 days of fasting and prayer. All of that is beautiful, not pushing against that at all. But what I began to see through a lot of McKnight's research, his historical research, is that fasting first was not abstaining from things that we tend to abstain from, but it was abstaining from solely food and water. And then two, it seems like there was a weekly rhythm of fasting. So he says from sundown to sun, uh, sunup, sorry, to sundown for about 12 hours. But the typical fast was once a week from sundown to sundown, 24 hours. So I've seen many people and it's, we have precedents for this. Daniel, the Daniel fast that we see in the Old Testament, or even Jesus in the wilderness. We know that he didn't eat for 40 days. But it's interesting as McKnight kind of evolved uh, his discussion in his book through history that Christians actually practiced this on a weekly basis. And this began to change me a bit because I think some of us, we think about 21 days or we think about some of the fasting that's proposed in our churches today, and it's quite overwhelming, right? We think of these long, long periods of time or eat vegetables for this amount of time. Again, not wrong in, in its essence. But fundamentally, when you get around the history of early Christians, and when you begin to look at the story of Israel, you begin to see that this was like a fixed rhythm. Just as was fixed our prayer, there was an idea that these disciplines were embedded and ingrained in the spiritual life, in the life following Jesus regularly. So really, the only thing I want to do in this first podcast is look quickly at the history of Israel and why they fasted. Ultimately, we draw from the Old Testament and the story of God working through his people, which is known as Israel. And you actually see when you actually look down to it, and McKnight, again, does a great job at this, looking at exactly why they would fast. Did they want breakthrough, like a lot of our churches kind of start the year out with? Or did they want kind of a transaction from God? It doesn't seem like that was actually the case. In his book, McKnight talks about three reasons why Israel in the Old Testament would fast. And I just want to give these to you quickly just to get you to see, again, the rhythm that was built in this community around time 
and around what God was doing in and through them. So the first reason they fasted in the Old Testament, Israel did, was in preparation for Yom Kippur. Maybe you know this as the Day of Atonement, the day in which the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies on behalf of Israel. They would tie chains around his ankles just in case he died in the presence of God. I'm not sure how many of us would desire to kind of be in that position, but this was uh, this fast around Yom Kippur was preparation for confession, atonement, and forgiveness. And so every year, the community would fast around the time of Yom Kippur. Secondly, Israel would fast in the Old Testament, and this is a big one, as a spontaneous response to a grievous event. And that simply means when something bad happened in the community, when something grievous and heartbreaking happened in the community, they would begin to fast collectively as a people. And you begin to see this. You actually, there's precedence for this in the Old Testament scriptures. And then third, the third reason why Israel fasted in the Old Testament was in response when God's glory was dishonored, when his will was thwarted, thwarted, (laughs) and when God's people experienced sickness, tragedy, or death. And so, it seems, instead of trying to get something, fasting to get something, like a transaction for God, that fasting in the Old Testament was always a response to something. Yom Kippur, when a grievous event happened, happened, or when God's will was thwarted. Then you look to the time of Jesus, and you begin to see that actually during the time of Jesus, fasting in the Jewish community had become a bi-weekly act of piety. And bi-weekly means twice a week. It's typically known that Monday and Thursday, most pious Jews would do a fast from sundown on the one day to sundown on the next, Monday and Thursday. There's actually an early church document called the Didache, which says that some Christians fasted Wednesday and Friday to distinguish themselves from the Jewish community. So the Jewish community was typically those who were pious, Monday and Thursday. So of course the Christians who came out of the Jewish community and obviously followed a Jewish Messiah wanted to mix it up a bit. And so there's even documentation that says Wednesday and Friday is when the Christian community would fast. And so one, the key point in all of this is that during the first century and at the time of Jesus, regular scheduled fasting became a fixed feature of the church's spiritual disciplines and the dominant mode of fasting. That's what I just want to leave with everybody that's listening to this. Regular scheduled fasting, like on schedule, became a fixed feature, just like prayer and everything else, to the spiritual discipline of the early church. Fixed fasting. And so I've shared a little bit, again, my paradigm and what it was around fasting. And as I learned this, one of the things I began to learn is that maybe I could actually, as someone who rarely ever fasted outside of like the 30 hour famine where we, you know, during youth group, you'd starve yourself for 30 hours to raise money for people. Then you'd go eat Taco Bell after some of you know what I'm talking about, right? But now being more drawn into this contemplative life and uh, practicing the spiritual disciplines, Fasting is actually a way that we're drawn into actually a spiritual rhythm. And now I've been drawn into practicing this once a week from sundown to sundown. And it's actually radically changed my life. And part of it, it's because it's a rhythm. We'll talk later and later episodes of a number of reasons why. 
But one of the things I just threw this, want to encourage people to think historically about how Christians have practiced and where this came from, how Israel practiced. And, you know, one of the things we need to be thinking about is instead of maybe fasting to get something, we should be fasting in response to something. As McKnight would say, instead of asking, what do you hope you will get out of this when it comes to fasting? Maybe we should ask the question in response to what? What are we responding to when we fast and enter into this rhythm? And so my hope is that you would think about this and be drawn into maybe, uh, maybe not weekly, but regular times of fixed fasting. And over the next number of episodes, we'll talk actually why we would do that. Why, why would we do this? And what are some of the things that it does? For me, I do this every Wednesday evening. We have a community that comes over weekly for a weekly meal together. We pig out together and eat and celebrate. And that leads me into a 24 hour period until dinner the next day is the next time I eat. And the benefits from this of just being drawn into God and into this rhythm, just like prayer and other things, has been tremendously helpful. So maybe it's something you'd think about, but just remember there's a history to this. Nothing is in a vacuum here. There are things that we practice as the Jesus community that draw out of a great history, and we need to think about that. So my friends, would you think deeply about maybe entering into this rhythm and learning how to fast and learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Until next time, my friends, Have an amazing week.